We are live. Episode 14 with Ryan Bowman does some guiding down at Coastal Wings Outfitters in Oklahoma and recently started up his own guide business in Michigan. So we go into all things waterfowl and talk a little bit about spring snows and Canada closing up and all that kind of good stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. All right, we are live with episode 14 of Living the Guide Life, and today we have Ryan Bowman on, uh, originally from Michigan, lives there year-round and does some uh, guiding for Coastal Wings Outfitters down in Oklahoma. Does a bunch of waterfowl hunts and uh, goes over there, helps with some spring snow goose hunts and all that kind of good stuff. So how are we doing today, Ryan? I'm doing great, man. Appreciate you having me. Oh, anytime. Anytime, dude. I uh, I was looking through and I liked what you had on your Instagram and everything, so I was like, why not? Yeah, <laughs> I really appreciate it, dude. Yeah. So how was uh, your spring snow goose season last year? Uh, actually, this past season, I, uh, I I actually took the spring conservation season off. Um, Fair enough. Uh, I'm a I'm, I'm a full time uh, travel pipe fitter. Um, okay. Yeah. So pretty much whenever I have time to go out and guide for Larry, I get a hold of him, uh, ask him when when he needs me, and then I just end up driving driving out uh, driving south. Awesome. So you were there in the fall then. Uh, yeah, I was actually there pretty much the entire month of January of oh, wow. this year. So guiding lesser hunts and and uh, lesser hunts and duck hunts. So we were yeah. pretty busy. Had clients every, every, coming in every single day and just living the life. Dude, absolutely. How are the lesser hunts down there? I heard they get pretty crazy in Oklahoma. Oh, they're, they're wild. They're, they're absolutely insane. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you end up having, I don't know, 10,000 10, to 20,000 bird feet. And at times you can have a thousand plus lessers sitting right up on top of you. And you're just wailing on your call and just gasping for for, for an air, uh, getting those freaking birds down with your call. And once you get them wadded up and landed, just let it rip. Dude, that's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. And then you guys do, do you do quite a bit of hunting up in Michigan then? Yeah, I, uh, so last year I actually started my own guide service. Oh, nice. And, uh, but it's been, I started waterfowl hunting up here about, it's actually 17 years ago now. And, uh, shoot, I've been, I've been addicted to hunting ducks and geese ever ever since yeah it's addicting yeah there's something about it (laughs) oh absolutely dude it's from the moment you end up having having your first first duck first goose oh yeah just come right into the spread at that moment you know you're you're taken over by by the passion and the addiction oh yeah and that's exactly what happened to me on, on my very first goose hunt yeah that was the same way for me. First, uh, first duck hunt I went on, and then after that I was like, 
what is this? Like, oh my god! Like this yeah, is. It's just, there's just <laughs> no way. There, there's no way to to get to get your fix because after every single hunt, you just want to go right back out again. Yeah, like I don't know what it is, man. You go, you go hunt the morning, go shoot a lemon, and then that afternoon scouting again, and then it just keeps on repeating itself and keeps on repeating itself. <laughs> Absolutely, I'd shoot. I mean, well, I, one of the biggest keys is is scouting that's a one way i i believe to be successful in, in every single hunt oh. and, and you're also going to end up learning more about about the birds that you're chasing from scouting and watching them what their patterns are yeah and and they're going to tell you exactly what they want when you get that opportunity uh to sit underneath them and uh and to work them in yeah which makes it so much so much easier to harvest them if you if you can piece uh if you can piece those puzzle pieces together properly yeah oh i hear you dude i mean i feel like the biggest thing for people is when they're scouting i mean shit you can scout all year long but if you don't know where the birds are going to be in a certain area at a certain time like that's what's going to kill you absolutely i percent agree with you yeah if there's like for example up here when it gets super late they go to a certain spot because there's open water and then you could scout like damn near the whole state of minnesota but if you're not in like those certain areas that hold water or whatever it is like you're not gonna find them and then like you could see a couple of them but you're not gonna see where they're at you just got to put on the miles and just keep on patterning now right yeah, I mean the biggest, the number one key for for uh, patterning waterfowl is is water. They're, yeah. they're going to be around water. If you can find it, they're most likely going to be there at least ninety nine percent of the times. If not, shoot, you don't. Sometimes you have to think about Plan B. Yeah. Figure out where you need to go and and how to approach uh, the next move. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the hardest thing for people is just finding out like where they're roosting and certain times a year and everything like that. Cause I mean, like if you don't really know where they're at, just if you see them in a field, just fall them back to the roost. Like it's, it's not that hard, but people just like, I don't know why they can't process that. No, <laughs> no. I've even thought that to myself too. It's like, man, I've, I've done this year after year after year. And I mean, when you first start out, you don't really know, but oh, yeah. it's, it's all about the people that you know. Yep. Um, and, and the group that you associate yourself with yeah. that they can either teach you, uh, they can either teach you the ropes or they'll just end up having you uh, come along, but won't, won't teach you much. So it's, it's all about getting in, in that right group where you can learn from each other and, and where you both can have a uh, camaraderie and just have a great time. Oh, exactly. And I mean, like, I've had guys that I've brought out that I'm like, oh, dude, yeah, like, you'll love it. Younger guys, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm excited. And then we go out there, we'll go shoot a limit or something. And then, like, I'll go uh, talk to the farmer. I'll make them pick up, like, maybe five dozen silhouettes. And then they're like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, why couldn't you have picked those up? And I'm like, dude, first off, I got us a spot and everything. Like, you have to be ready to learn. You can't just, mm-hmm. like... You got to have an open mind and be like, oh, he's talking to the farmer to 
keep us out here for another day or something like that. Oh and yeah. Then, yeah. Like absolutely. They just like don't understand. You gotta if you're if you're gonna be the new guy, you gotta work a little bit. Yep. And that's how it goes sometimes. Yep, that, that's actually funny because uh, I I actually had my younger cousin last year uh, come out for his first goose hunt uh, during regular season, and I mean he been he been bugging me for for probably three or four years, and I and I said, hey, when when you're old enough to go out and uh, and and use a use a gun. Then, uh, then I'll take you. So yeah. during, uh, end up, uh, going out scouting. I mean, she couldn't find a field, uh, where, where, where my primary, uh, hunting, uh, hunting properties are at and, uh, end up coming back home. And I just happened to think, shoot, got to make a turn here and, and check out, Check out one last spot right before dark too. Yeah, and then uh, turn down the road, pulled right up to the field, freaking loaded with honkers. Yeah, had twelve hundred plus honkers in it, and I end up giving him a call. I said, "Hey, can you hunt tomorrow morning?" He's like, "Uh, well, kind of out in in Detroit, which is two and a half hours away for a concert, and so." We uh we won't be back till four thirty. I was like, hey, I, I need you here at six thirty. So go ahead and get your rest when you get back, and, and yeah. I'll see you then. So his aunt drove him out to uh well I, his mom drove him out to the field, and my it, it's my aunt. Okay. And uh and I said, you know you're gonna you're gonna be hooked after this on. Mm-hmm. So which was awesome. I ended up getting all of uh all my buddies on the same page. Like, hey guys cousin's never uh never goose hunted before and he's never shot shot a duck or goose before so if we have a single that comes in let's let him shoot it and we end up having a single come straight from the roost which is about two miles away and landed him and i said all right brandon go ahead and shoot him pulls up for some first shot and the just that look on his face the should it just made the hunt for me oh it, yeah so it's in it, the moment of that bird coming in and him just pulling the trigger and harvesting that bird it just took me way back to uh way back to my first bird that i ever harvested and and it, just what i was feeling at the time just excitement that adrenaline rush and yeah it just takes one and and ever since then he's i mean shoot i've been teaching him the ropes and and what to do when to do it and and some and even some things that that might not work um just teaching him the ropes is is one of the biggest things with him that that uh that i'm trying to accomplish oh exactly dude. i love taking younger people out because the excitement on their face and then they just want to keep going and going and going and going yeah hey it's all about that next generation I oh mean, exactly we honestly we couldn't do what we do today without without the generation before us and the generation before them yeah i mean that's the big, that's the biggest uh biggest thing with waterfowl and and the sport that that we absolutely love is it's just passing down that passion to the next generation and introducing uh the next generation to it yeah oh i couldn't agree more like every time i get someone their first goose or first duck like it's so exciting like they yeah. their face is just 
bright as hell, just ready to go. Like, so shocked and, and like, oh my god. And you just can't wipe that smile off their face. No, not at all. That absolutely worth it i mean even if you end up getting an hour two hours of sleep it's all that work that goes behind them horse and their bird is absolutely worth every single ounce of energy yeah oh it's awesome so much fun do you guys have a decent amount of kids come down where you guide at uh yeah yeah we actually have uh quite a bit of kids that uh that come down and and hunt with us down in oklahoma and and even Arkansas. So, uh, and what's funny is that a, a lot of the, uh, a lot of our clients, um, like to hunt cranes. So, uh, taking kids out on crane hunts is, uh, it's a pretty exciting, <laughs> exciting deal to do. Having a big old prehistoric bird come in and, and end up calling a shot and, watching them fall and shit they're some of the most awkward looking things ever but yeah i mean just the uh the little myth holds true ribeye of the sky i mean shoot some great tasting birds right there yeah i heard they're just amazing i heard they just taste so good yeah if if you ever get a chance to to try training don't don't pass it up yeah no kidding yeah that's definitely something i need to try some uh minnesota we you can only shoot one crane in the northwest part of the state so we don't get really yes. crane hunting up here even though we see a bunch of them yeah well sure that's a lot better than us over here in michigan we uh we don't have a season we're just freaking loaded with those yeah i don't know why they don't have more seasons for them like yeah, it's even just it. one across the entire state and you just buy like a $10 tag or whatever it is and you can shoot yeah. like, cause it's only like the very small Northwest corner of Minnesota. You can hunt them and you can only shoot okay. one, but right. I don't know how many people actually do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the more, the more that you can harvest, I feel the more that people actually get, get into it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I feel that too. I noticed they just opened up uh, crane season up in Canada. Is it Alberta? I want to say. Maybe. I believe. I believe so, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I just saw they opened one up, and so that's good for them. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice if we could hunt them down here, though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, shoot, they've been talking about opening up a season for over five years down here. Yeah. I mean, they they just haven't pulled. They just haven't pulled the trigger yet on it. So it's like to get our hopes up, and then all of a sudden they end up, uh, if we don't get an answer, it's like, well, I guess it's the next year. <laughs> yeah. Just I, hope to pray for next year. I don't know why they don't open them up. I feel like there's definitely enough cranes. Like, the amount of cranes we see over here, I'm like, I mean, even, like, if you can shoot, like, a couple a day or whatever it is, make the season short or... Like, have, like, a two-week season or something. Like, even just something for people, like, kind of something new to try out. Like, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't uh, bring that to Minnesota. Yeah, that's true, man. Every single state's different. Yeah. And even every single uh, 
every single country is different but yeah at least hey at least we have uh have our ducks and geese that, that we can chase and, oh exactly in the meantime yeah. some exactly that's that's the way to do it um so are you guys uh over in michigan are you you're in the southern part of the state and so how's the hunting down there for ducks and uh, geese it's actually pretty good we uh uh more on the east side of the state okay uh, there's a better there there's a better uh migratory um run of birds but i mean shoot we end up getting quite a quite a bit of, of uh water of ducks and geese uh coming on the southwest side so um but we also have uh, speckle bellies that, that run down and, and snows and blues every now and then. So yeah. um, within the last, I'd say three years, um, end up seeing more of a push of speckle bellies coming through Michigan. Oh, nice. So last year we ended up uh, harvesting a, a couple nice adult specks and Sweet. Uh, that were pretty, pretty tarred up. So yeah. But I mean, shoot, we had a freaking phenomenal year last year. Yeah, ended up shooting, ended up shooting like 856 honkers and 147 ducks and two specks. Yeah, and then 26 leg bands. So we had a phenomenal year, and and really, I was just hunting every other weekend, big parties, and so we ended up just racking up the numbers pretty good. Yeah, that's the way to do it, dude. We had. We had a killer year last year too, and this year is even going to be better. Like, oh yeah, the hatch that we see around Minnesota—I don't know about you guys over there—but the hatch in Minnesota this year is unbelievable. Like, yeah. it's wild. There's geese and ducks everywhere. I like because we didn't really have usually in Minnesota. There's that like second freeze, so like mm-hmm. the ducks and geese will get here and they'll lay their eggs and then. All of a sudden, there'll be a, like a second snowstorm, and then that'll kill them. And then they have to like redo, redo whatever they have or whatever's left survives. But this year, that never really happened. So there's just a ton of them around. Right. Well, especially with the, uh, especially up in Canada. Yeah. I mean, they've been they've been talking uh, about not reopening the border. Um, so if that if that actually happens and then i i honestly have a feeling that it it that they won't open out until the first of the year yeah i mean shoot with all the artists with all the uh artists pretty much out of state well non-resident hunters that normally go up there every single year i mean shoot that's gonna end up dropping the percentage of hunting pressure up there for yeah. for all all the birds and it's been i honestly believe that we're going to end up seeing more across the uh more ducks and geese across the entire country during the migratory season yeah so and honestly that that's a plus to to everyone in the states but i mean it's kind of a bummer when you have uh the border that not opening up because all the uh all the hotels motels yeah and uh little gas stations and restaurants up there i mean they're not gonna be getting business that they used to no that's the only downfall yeah and like all the outfitters up there and then like the revenue for canada just for waterfalling is gonna go way down if they don't open them up 
Absolutely. Like, <laughs> and it's only going to make it tougher, like you said, for those outfitters uh, to, to fully book up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to have yeah. the business that, uh, that they have in years past. But, I mean, oh, exactly. I'm going to keep on it. I'm gonna keep on watching, watching the uh, the reports, and if they don't open it up, I mean, I'm sure we're gonna be praying for all the uh, for all the outfitters and yeah, and okay. small businesses up there. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And like, you think about it. Um, I had a guy on yesterday who's from British Columbia, and he was talking about how they like can't even go into different provinces and stuff like that and so like with all that going on too and if you can't get to a certain providence to hunt like if you're i don't know in bc and you want to go hunt saskatchewan like you can't even go do that or whatever it is and then it's like well shit like that that's gonna go way down they're not gonna be able to get really anyone unless you're a resident i mean right and if you're a resident, you're probably going to just go hunt by yourself or you have your own group or whatever it is. Like, I don't think there's going to be that many people going with guides, like, as, like, if they're going to different provinces and then even coming from, like, different countries. It's going to be terrible. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely, man. It's going to be terrible. Um, I, I agree with you. Like, that's just going to hurt all those companies that like start up in Canada and then they chase them all the way down to like the US so they're going to have a first part of the year is going to be really tough for them yeah and I mean shoot they might end up having the uh, having the choice of of making of coming down into the state well just either come down or staying in the states yeah They don't have any uh, land that, that they would typically go to earlier yeah. in the year um, outside of Canada. I mean, that, that, that was permanent advice. Yeah. Oh, I hear you so. on that. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be tough because, I mean, you think about them. They know their areas up in Canada and they know their areas when they come down. And then if you have to go to like North Dakota right away or whatever it is, right, that whole first part of the season, and then you don't have any landowners like that you know of, you don't know the area that time of year, like, so you just got to put on more miles and just got to learn that area quick because otherwise you're not going to be like be able to shoot birds and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. And shoot, we're actually taking a trip out to North Dakota about mid-October. Nice. And if uh, and I got a feeling that if they don't open up that border, then it's just we're gonna end up seeing more uh, non-resident hunters over yeah. there, and it's just gonna make it uh, more difficult to to get on property and to to even get on birds. Like I'm, I'm the kind of guy that likes that likes to stay away from everyone and yeah. just stay away from all the hunting pressure. But I mean, if it comes down to it, we're just gonna make the most of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
we do the same deal. We make a trip out to North Dakota every like third week of October or whatever it is. And I got like eight guys to go with me. And I mean, we start like Jamestown. There's a lot of hunting pressure. We keep on moving, keep on moving. And we made it all the way up to Crosby last year. Wow. And that's at the northwest corner, like five minutes from Canada, five minutes from Montana. And that's where, like, we found nobody was hunting, and there was a lot of snows, so we killed a lot of snows. But, I mean, yeah, like, I just like, I just like to stay away from people. I don't really like to, like, be around all that pressure. Yeah, kind of be like a loner and do your own thing, just so no one knows exactly what you're doing or what your tricks are. Yeah, exactly. Like, we just, wherever people aren't, that's where we're going to go, and, like... Yeah, just how we've been doing it in North Dakota. I mean, we've been to some spots, a whole ton of birds, but no hunters. Or yeah, people just people just kind of set their mind on like a certain city to go to, and then they hunt it the whole week, even if there's not any birds there. They just oh, kind of yeah. like, and I'm like, dude, you pay all this money to go up to North Dakota, but then you don't shoot any birds because you're not in the right area but you don't want to drive another hour and a half just because you think that's going to waste gas, even though you're up there paying all this money, you might as well like spend the extra, however much it is, maybe like another hundred bucks to get, get gas up there. Yeah. I mean, shoot, driving the extra half hour, hour, or even more. Oh, exactly. It might end up setting you up on, on a hunt that'll, that'll make the entire trip. Yeah. So, so why not do it? It's just going outside of your comfort zone. Is it, it's honestly another uh, another big um, big factor in waterfowl hunting. It's going outside your com- your comfort zone. Yeah. And your and your routine, they'll end up putting you on a hunt of a lifetime that you're yeah. gonna remember for for years and years. Yeah. And, and honestly, once you get past that, shoot, it'll end up putting you farther ahead in, in your, I feel like, in your experience and, and education with birds. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I couldn't agree more, dude. And, like, the thing is, too, like, the guys that I hunt with, um, like, if you're not, like, if I have a field that's two hours away, but I got a buddy scouting it and, like, it's loaded... And I'm going to drive out there, like, early in the morning. And if you're not about that life, like, you're not going to hunt with us. Like, if you don't want to wake up extra early just to get to a spot, like, two hours away. I mean, that's just how it goes, I guess. You just got to, yeah. like, just got to grind for it. Yep, absolutely. It's, I mean, shoot, sometimes you might have to make the call of staying the night in the field the night before. Yeah. Just uh, just so you can lock the field down. If, if for some reason you have, uh, if there's other parties that have permission on that same on that same field. Yeah. I mean, shoot, we end up doing that on, on opening day of, uh, of our early season last year. And shoot, it worked out. We end up shooting the seven-man limit and about half hour 35 minutes yeah but it was worth it oh exactly we had uh that was the same thing for us too early season i had a field um down in southern minnesota and 
I scouted it the night before and there was like two other trucks there. So I'm like, huh, what the hell? So I went and talked to them. They're like, yeah, like we have permission out here, I guess. And yeah, we have permission. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, because we were going to stay like 30 minutes south of there. But then we just decided, all right, we're all going to pack up. We're just going to sleep in the field that night. And then because it's a pretty big field. So like the other guys that were there, they pulled up in the morning and they set up on the way other side. And I'm like, hey, guys, like we had like five guys, I think, and five, six guys. And then they had like five guys or whatever it was, silage cut cornfield. And I'm like, hey, well, if you guys are going to go do that, we might as well just hunt together. And he's like, well, no, no, no. I'm trying to get this kid on his first goose. Da, 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 da. I'm like, dude, we can hide everybody. No problem. Like we have the A-frames. Like we're all good to go. And he's like we'll still we're just gonna do it by ourselves and i'm like all right whatever like (laughs) it's no big deal to me uh don't get pissed when we shoot all the birds and they're like dude you'll you'll be fine don't worry about it and then we like when it smashed up our six-man limit literally like half an hour maybe and then they shot i think two birds the entire day and we could easily wiped out like at 11 man but it was just like the groups were so big and everything that they'd all just come to us and they'd never even look at it. And I'm like, dude, like, why are you? Cause he was all pissy. He's like, you guys are, you guys are fucking around. And I'm like, dude, whatever. Like <laughs> I told you to come out with us. <laughs> yeah. It's what you, when you, when you end up extending that offer to them, it's like, and, and they, uh, and they turn you down. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the only thing they're doing is they hurt themselves after after they see the results of yeah of, of what you guys are are piling up yeah like so you're only kicking yourself in the end <laughs> yeah exactly and like I have no issues like if somebody else has permission or something I'm like whatever man like let's just hunt together better to make friends than everyone be fighting all the time yeah it's better yeah and and even it's uh, it's better to hunt as a group. Cause you're, yeah, not edu- Cause you're not edu- uh not educating the birds uh, any any more than what you would be um, out of one group because that other group is trying to call at the same group that you are trying to work. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the more uh, the more educating you do with the birds, I mean, the least you're gonna end up harvesting. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I don't know why. Like, I've seen people get in fist fights, and I'm like, dude, it's, like, not that big of a deal. Like, it's either, like, just hunt together. Like, it's, you can hide everyone. Like, it, we've hunted 12 guys, no problem, out of A-frames and, like, even layouts. And it's just like, dude, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I get that you want to, like, go in your own little group, but once you like meet the other people it's always fun like you're all you're all going for the same end goal is to have fun yep absolutely it's better to make friends than enemies when you're out uh, when you're out trying to harvest the same same uh, group of birds yeah i just don't get why people get like so worked up about it i'm like dude like come on chill out like you don't need to get into that like it's whatever but it's one thing like if they like aren't supposed to be out there but if they have permission and like you know that then it's like okay well yeah fine we'll just, team. yeah but like if you don't if you're not supposed to be out there and like i've talked to the farmer and no one else is supposed to be out there then i'm gonna be like hey dude we have a problem you're not you're not coming out 
Like, yeah. Especially if, honestly, especially if the if you have a property and the landowner ends up giving permission to multiple people other than just yourself. Yeah. But his rule is first come first serve. Who's ever at at the property first is is the only group that's allowed to hunt it. Yeah. Well, I mean, shoot, you end up having another group that rolls in right at shooting light. Oh my and, god! Yeah. And, and you go and confront them and say, "Hey, we're, uh, gotta respect landowners' uh, wishes." So we're here first, and sorry, but you gotta leave. Yeah. Don't mean to be the bad guy to break the news to you. <laughs> no the the day, but I mean, either either you come home with us or you get out of here. So yeah. It's that right there can can end up uh, giving the giving those uh, other groups a, a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had we had guys like that come and try to do that once, and we like we got there like four thirty a.m. Brushed all the blinds in, put all the decoys out, and all of a sudden, like right as sunlight comes along, somebody starts driving in the field. I'm like the hell is going on like dude you're not supposed to be out here and like if you would have came up earlier we could have worked something out but when you come up at 7 a.m and we already have everything set up like that's not how it goes yeah yeah i had that same exact issue last year on our love man shoot that we had we ended up getting there at shoot we might at four o'clock we're at the field at 435 and and all of a sudden right at like 735 two minutes for shooting uh shooting light here comes a uh a freaking suv just burning <laughs> through the freaking beams and uh starts setting up well it starts throwing out old uh old bigfoots and, and setting them up and so i i end up going across the, with uh walking across the field with a couple of my buddies and they're like hey you gotta get out of here unless it's f you we're we're hunting here yeah excuse me <laughs> like, we, I, I just offered you to hunt with us and you didn't even have any work grab your gun grab your blind bag and let's go yeah and honestly you can leave your calls in the truck we don't need them yeah <laughs> oh yeah i hear you on that uh just people are so funny uh that's just how it goes i guess yeah just nature of the beast yeah <laughs> everyone wants to do their own thing Mhm. and it's like they don't want they don't want someone to like i don't know it's just everybody wants to do their own thing like you said and they don't want other people to show them how to do something new or change something up or whatever it is and i'm like dude you don't even have to put in any work like you like you don't even have to bring the guys that we were talking to i was like dude like we got two trailers you don't need to bring your trailers like all you got to do is drive out on the field we'll have everything brushed up like just come help us brush some blinds and put out a few decoys and you'll be good like i don't see the big deal but i guess people do I mean, why wouldn't you want to do less work? Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to bring any of your stuff out. Like, <laughs> have less of less work, less of a headache, and yeah. shoot, you're, you can uh, pile up even more birds. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, we we had a problem last year. Like, for us, we couldn't even find enough people to like want to hunt that was like the tough part 
because we had like all these fields ready to go, but we'd only have like five guys every hunt because nobody wanted to wake up early or like go drive somewhere or whatever it was. And I'm like, dude, got like a flooded, like flooded cornfield with like 300 ducks in it. Like we're going to go smash our limit tomorrow. You can drive. There's literally a road up to the field. Like right where it's flooded, you have to walk in like 50 yards, throw out 12 decoys, and then you stand, like stand in the brush. And they're like, ah, well, I think that might be too early for me. I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, what? Like we're waking up at like six o'clock, like shooting times like 7:30. Like, what do you mean that's too early? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, shoot. Normally, normally, I'm I'm up three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. I'm on yeah. the road. Yeah. And I'm, I'm normally at the field by like five. So it's like showing up at six o'clock. I mean, shoot. You get to sleep in for another hour, hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Oh, exactly. Like, oh my god. And then we had we had another time late season last year, like December twenty eighth or whatever and found just a massive feed and we're like yeah dude like they aren't going there till like 10 o'clock so we're literally gonna be at the field at like 7 30 or 8 and it's a 30 minute drive so you literally have to wake up at 7 o'clock and he's like guys like yeah well trying to sleep in on christmas break da 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 and i'm like huh like what do you mean we have like five more days to hunt and I'm like, oh, did you come down with the flu or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean you want to sleep? And there's only five more days to hunt, like, the rest of the year. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, I guess we'll find eight more guys. And then we smashed our eight man in, like, that day. And, God, that was a fun hunt. But I was just like, come on. Like, people just, people are just weak-minded, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Like I said earlier, some, sometimes you end up having having people that don't want to wake up a little extra earlier, put in a little extra work, or you can put in the extra miles to yeah. to, go, to get on hunts. Yeah, and like I don't know, dude. It's it's a whole another thing. Like, just nobody's like mentally tough enough. I feel like in our area to like keep hunting all year long because we stop seeing people hunting like. October, like end of October, and we still can hunt till January fifth. And I'm like, well, I don't know how that works, but I don't know if you get too cold or if you just don't want to hunt anymore or whatever it is. Because I like, you'll see people scout all the way till October. I'll see people on the roads and stuff like that. And then once like end of October hits, like once prime time starts, people are just gone. <laughs> and then all the fields yeah. just open up. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Besides having uh, having deer hunters, yeah. Uh, once, uh, honestly, once our regular season comes around, our uh, our both open day of bow season is actually the beginning of October. Okay. And it's about I'd say the second week, uh, uh, second weekend of October that we end up having having our our regular duck and goose season start. So. I mean, we end up having uh, part of our group, which are uh, big deer hunters, yeah, uh, fade out because shoot, 
they're, they're, they're ready to chase some horns and yeah and uh and uh, get a big old boon and crockett buck yeah that's one way to do it but yeah i hear you on that yeah there's definitely a part to that too because i mean like i like to hunt deer but man i'd way rather on waterfall oh absolutely i mean it's probably i'd say over five years ago i ended up uh hanging off the bow and and decided you know what i'm just gonna strictly chase chase waterfowl yeah and uh I, it was shoot last year was the first year i had picked up my bow and and freaking five six years and end up going out for first time 45 minutes end up shooting shooting my buck for the year and i was done yeah oh i hear but, that yeah after that i'm like i just don't get a thrill like i do out of out of uh working working ducks and geese yeah so i was like i'll just i'll just stick with with uh with chasing birds yeah oh i hear it and it's like sitting in a tree stand all day and like i just can't sit for that long no like, nope, i'm right there with you can't sit still i'm i'm a person that likes to move around i, I can maybe sit still if if i'm lucky for a half hour and, yeah and that, that's about it yeah oh i hear you like that's the same way for me because it's just like i just can't just can't sit still and like the tree stand you're just sitting there all morning all night and then just like not not the funnest time i'd way rather be hunting waterfall yeah hanging out with your friends enjoying a nice cup of coffee yeah and and working birds yeah down to your spread oh exactly i mean she honestly you make the most i feel like waterfall hunters end up making the best memories in the in the industry oh yeah hands down because you're you're sharing the moment with with uh multiple people instead of yourself and maybe a cameraman but yeah. it, it's not that i'm dissing on, on big game hunters at all it's no. just i mean this is my thing this is what i love this is what i enjoy and 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 everyone and everyone has, has their uh has their own niche yeah like all the trucks getting stuck and all that kind of the fun stories that just keep on adding up <laughs> uh yeah i hear you it's just a whole just a whole nother story to tell yep absolutely so absolutely. Uh, what's the difference between guiding in michigan compared to oklahoma what do you what are kind of your differences that you see um the differences that i see i mean we're uh we're more in the mississippi flyway in michigan compared to oklahoma is the central flyway and so we we end up having our our candas are are bigger yeah um we can have candas ranging from anywhere from about eight nine pounds up to shoot 16 plus which are which are big honkers and and uh so uh, hunting them is completely different than hunting lessers down in Oklahoma. I mean, when when you're hunting lessers in Oklahoma, you're just having a rip on rip on your your call and and you're just gasping for gasping for breath. <laughs> uh, sometimes between every single no and shoot, uh, which I mean, honestly, makes you a better caller. Yeah. Um, but uh, we end up just calling uh 
calling a little bit more uh, lower pitch and 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 slower um, for our big pandas up here. But I mean, shoot the the trophy ducks that we shoot in uh, in Oklahoma that we have in Oklahoma. Just you can't beat it. I mean, fully uh, fully plumed out birds and um, one of the one of the main birds that that our clients go after are the northern pintail i mean everyone everyone wants to shoot a bull spray yeah so when a when a when a drake pintail hits uh hits a spread everyone's going after it but, oh yeah and sometimes they end up getting out which uh which <laughs> which happens every now and then but yeah but it gives everyone uh, it gives everyone a nice laugh Oh, exactly. So, but what's nice is that we can actually traffic more more birds up here than than down there. We're hunting more of uh, X fields down in Oklahoma compared to here, where we can vary between hunting the X and and, and hunting traffic as well. So, yeah, um, being able to be versatile and and your uh, abilities, I I only believe it makes you a, a better hunter. Oh yeah. Yeah, I hear you on that. That's that's a game changer to be able to hunt the X compared to like trafficking. Like I, we can traffic a ton of birds out here though too. Like all you got to do is just have the numbers, and they'll yeah. work it. Like I don't know, it's fun. Do any? Yeah, oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, nine times out of ten. Uh, up up here in Michigan, we uh, I I'd, I'd get uh, to, uh, to hunt traffic. I'll jump on it right away. That means I can throw the entire trailer, all my full body silhouettes, and just rip on on the call. Yeah. Um, because I mean, shoot, I I got a couple areas that that don't really get much pressure, but if you can't get on a field, which uh, which we've ran into a few times up here. Oh yeah. And yeah, and but got permission on a field right underneath the flight path. I mean, she once they see the entire set and just everyone calling, yeah. they just give it up most of the time. So getting that, uh, getting getting the thrill of, of being able to to stop them from where they from where they really want to be. That. That's exactly what I love to do. I mean, manipulating birds to do what you want them to do. That's why I keep on. That's why I keep on doing what I'm doing, and, and that's one reason why I end up starting up my own my own operation up here. Yeah. Oh, I hear you on that. Yeah, dude. It's just like changing their mind is so neat. Like just changing where they want to be, and like having everything work out like that. It's just so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hear you on that. Now, I think some guys from Minnesota guide down at Coastal Wings, don't they? Yeah, it's uh, sometimes uh, our uh, one of our guides, Brian Hansen, makes it down, and then also Nick Johnson and Joe Hines they come down for uh, for uh, uh, like visited guide. Uh, visit guided hunts and so they end up running their own clients and and uh and they help larry advertise for coastal wings and yeah uh, shoot they do they they do a phenomenal job 
and I mean one one of a kind dudes and I mean shoot they're, they're funny as all get out yeah oh absolutely so yeah cause they don't they know exactly how to how to have a good time they really know how to kill them birds yeah that's awesome to hear yeah they uh cause I know Joe does some stuff around here up in uh up in Fergus I know he does those late season hunts and then um down where he's over god i forgot what what city that is but yeah i know they do that and then nick johnson does it a little bit with him but like down in where they're at not up in fergus and so yeah i've never i've never talked to the guys i've seen them every once in a while but just never never chatted up with them yeah, yeah, shoot! If you ever get the opportunity, you'll you'll have one hell of a time. Uh, they definitely know how to leave an impression. But, I mean, shoot! Even being able to hunt with them, I, it's shit. They're they're awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I hear you on that. Um. So yeah, what else do you guys? Uh, so you guys got cranes, lessers, and then ducks is what you guys hunt down at coastal wings. Yep. Yep. Yep cranes ducks and uh and lessers um there's not that many uh honkers down there but i mean yeah when uh when you get a chance to to harvest a, a honker down there i mean it's 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 more of a trophy than than a lesser at times just because yeah. there, there's uh limited numbers of them oh yeah exactly that's like us shooting lesser up here i think we shot two of them last year i want to say and they both came in like they were sky high as all could be and then all of a sudden just start <laughs> we heard something weird up in the air we're like huh look up those two lessers just start wailing on it they come down and hit it like a brick wall and just started dropping and dropping and then my buddy actually it was his first goose ever and he shot one of them and i was like dude you don't know how cool that is to shoot a lesser in minnesota like yeah. especially for your first goose like that's pretty neat yeah we hardly even get lessers up here i mean when we do everyone's going after them yeah oh exactly especially like like the the few specs that we've harvested in, in the last few years i mean we ended up having a uh during our split it was the first day of, of the two-day split and uh it's honestly the last two days of, of duck season for the entire year and uh we end up having a, a flock of, of honkers come right at us and, and i'm just looking looking at each bird and i noticed uh also a couple uh birds with with different wing beads from from all the other geese i'm like oh those look familiar oh and i had everyone uh everyone quiet down and just listen out then heard that like oh we got specs coming too so we end up uh end up working those birds all the way down we end up having those gandas uh finish at five yards and then specs just hung out at 20 right up on top and it was between me and uh me and one of my buddies that that actually uh saw the specs we were uh racing to see who who could shoot them just because there are three of them <laughs> well I, I end up calling the shot Every, everyone else is focused on focused on the Canada's at five yards yeah. my buddy and I pull up pull up and uh, to go after the specs his gun clicks oh my god and and, and I I dumped two uh, and I dumped two of the three specs and as he uh, 
three racks and on uh, Sean is gone, he ends up just missing missing the third spec and is just all pissed off. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's a tough balance. Yeah. It's <laughs> a tough balance. Yeah, because we like that's that's something we don't see a ton of unless we're in like the western part of the state, then we'll start to see some specs. A little bit, but it's pretty rare. We've we've came so close, but they just we had a three pack last year that was just so close, and then guys across the street start shooting, and then they all got up, they like all just flared off and flew away. And there was like two of them, and then it was like a group of like fifteen honkers. Man, no, yeah, I was so yeah, mad. Definitely getting uh, when you have the opportunity to see those burn those uh, bonus birds. Ah, shoot, it just. just just the thrill just overcomes you and and just go crazy trying trying to get those extra birds especially if you're in an area like like either michigan or, or minnesota i mean you hardly see specs yeah i mean you're gonna do everything you can to, to get a <laughs> to get a shot at them yeah oh exactly and like we have a few snows that come down too and it's just like just trying to just trying to get those bonus birds Oh man, and shoot those snows when when they're with Candace, they love hanging on on the opposite end. Oh yeah, end of, end of that flock. Yeah, <laughs> we ended up having a, uh, a hunt a couple of years ago where we had uh, a Ross goose just hanging out for a couple of weeks during late season, and I oh my gosh, I pretty much I I, I went tank after tank after tank of gas just trying to get on this bird and, and uh, making sure that. We had uh, we had them all lined up for for a hunt, and uh, finally got an opportunity. And shoot, we had we end up uh, uh, we had a flock of candas just cut them off, and so we're like, oh shoot, we're uh, like this area that we were hunting. They they banned a lot of birds, so I mean, shoot, we're gonna end up taking a pop at these candas and. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't end up getting getting the Ross, but I mean, we shot a couple of bands. Yeah. So. No, I hear you. Yeah, dude, they're so so fun to chase. Mm-hmm. So, what's the what's the scenario with your guide service up at um, up in Michigan? What do you guys? Oh, I... Right, go ahead. I was gonna say, what do you guys got going on up there? Um, really so far this year, um, this will be our first year of full operation and we're, uh, we're primarily just going after, uh, ducks and geese. And so, um, we're, uh, we got our early season hunts for the entire month of September. So first through the 30th. And then once our regular season opens up, I believe it's, I think, October 9th, whatever the second weekend is. I mean, shoot, we got we got hunts open all the way up until uh, December, the the end of uh, the end of regular season, and then got late season in, in January, February. So, um, really uh, doing more of a uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday yeah. uh, deal. Just since I'm I'm on the road. Uh, with with my career so yeah. just just making it work both ways i mean there's a lot of weekend wars up here and and i mean i'm i i 
my biggest thing is I, I enjoy guiding haunts. I enjoy taking other people out, and, and especially if you've never experienced uh, a waterfowl hunt or never been on one, it's one of the easiest ways to to get into the sport. And, yeah. and that's what I'm all about, getting more people into the sport. So if I can end up uh, uh, booking some hunts and getting, some, uh, getting someone new in the sport makes me happy, and that's exactly what I want. Oh, exactly. Yeah, dude, I hear you on that. Um, yeah, that's awesome, dude. Way to way to start it up in Michigan. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time coming. Been uh, been having a lot of conversations with with some buddies. Like, hey, this is this is what I'm thinking about doing. Uh, what do you think? And like, hey, you you got got all the ability to do it. You got all the uh, all the gear and got all uh, the connections for for land and sure sure shoot a lot of birds so i mean you got everything and might as well give it a shot yeah oh i hear you i mean why wouldn't you yeah i mean shoot going down to oklahoma every single year shoot it's 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 a real treat, but I mean, being able to uh, to start my own operation around where I grew up, and it, it's honestly something I've been wanting to do for a long time. So finally, uh, finally doing it, and I'll and we'll see uh, see how it goes. See where it takes you. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I hear you on that, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, do you guys do you make any other trips besides your North Dakota? Do you go anywhere else? Um, actually, this is going to be my first trip to North Dakota for hunting. Um, oh, really? Other than that, yeah. Other than I mean, I've been wanting to do it for years, but other than that, I uh, I make a trip to Illinois. Uh, I got some buddies out there, and sometimes we end up chasing snows, and other times we end up uh, chasing hawkers. But go out to Illinois and. Um, been working on Indiana, going down to Indiana. Yeah. But uh, other than that, go down to Arkansas as well. And I actually had the trip planned about the same time I'm going to North Dakota um, before the whole entire deal with the uh, COVID. With, yeah, with, with COVID and and U.S. Canada border closing. I was going to go out to Kingsville, Ontario, and uh, chase Jack Minor bands. Oh wow! Which is uh, which is a, a big unicorn. Yeah. Uh, that I that I really want to harvest, and I'm sure every single other <laughs> avid waterfowler would love to do, would love to do the same thing. But yeah, unfortunately, going to have to postpone that trip until the following year, and uh, and. Uh, hopefully can go then but so far north dakota is just one trip planned for this year and and actually about three weeks a month later have uh had my second son being born so oh, it's, uh, it, it's gonna be gonna be a great fall and, and i honestly can't wait that's awesome dude so a lot that's... of big things happening and yeah. uh, super excited great day to be alive absolutely yeah dude yeah north dakota you will have so much fun like it's it's a blast and it's like nowhere else i mean like there's so many birds and yeah it's just ridiculous yeah being able to be versatile uh in in just my hunting over the years and, and learning everything that i have and especially in my calling from competition style to 
chasing honkers all the way down to lessers and, and even specs and snows i mean uh just being able to to call anything that that we're faced with i mean sure i feel like it's gonna end up setting us up pretty well especially uh if we end up getting the right area oh exactly yeah dude i have i have a bunch of people out there that scout for me before we go up around like the entire state so if you need if you need some help looking for a spot just let me know because i got there's people all over the state looking for me next year absolutely dude i really appreciate it yeah dude yeah it's it's a good time like it's it's nothing it's like nothing else like i love north dakota is probably one of my favorite trips to go up on that's awesome as a yeah i too it's with having to be a different area going after uh uh, going after birds i mean definitely uh it's definitely gonna be uh uncharted territories for us but i mean i figure within like at least a couple of days we'll end up figuring out where yeah. we need to be and and uh and where to go honestly oh exactly yeah we usually just go up there um and like the first day is just kind of scouting like once once my guys tell me like where to go then it's like that whole day we're just get there at like 5 a.m drive all night and then that whole day just all scouting and the next like four days is hunting and all that kind of good stuff but yeah just gotta just gotta figure out the area that's the biggest thing yeah yeah sure that's actually our plan too all of us are uh are getting out of work and then we're packing up packing up trucks hooking up to the trailers and then we're heading out drive all excuse me drive all night long and and uh have the next rotation of guys since we're switching back and forth between uh between navigators and drivers in, in the same vehicle yeah uh go out and and pretty much who whoever ends up getting there and uh, whoever drives there uh when we get to our destination just switch out and and start hitting the road to scout so feel like we got a pretty good plan and i can't wait to get there i'm and i'm honestly itching for uh september 1st to come around oh yeah so once once the first comes around it's i mean shoot it's gonna be game on for for the rest of the year oh yeah that's like once september 1st starts and our early goose season opens up it's it's go time like Mm -hmm. all gas no brakes Yep, absolutely. Sure, it's an absolute full send. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, and it's so much fun. Oh yeah. But, dude, yeah, well, I know we're kind of running on time here, so I just wanted to say, um, is there anything else you think I would have asked you that we should go over before we kind of finish things up here? Um, no, not that I can think of. Um, honestly, if, uh, if there's anyone out there that's that's uh needing needing any advice or or uh on on calling or, or just any tips um you can either go to uh uh email scott trinan um i'm on i'm on his uh his society staff um you can either contact him or you can contact myself for any questions and shoot even if you need to just uh, ask me about um, like send me a sound file if if uh, 
if you're uh, looking to make us like if you're looking to make a specific note yeah. or even if you're looking to, to order any calls i mean feel free to hit me up or even head up scott um be more than more than happy to help you out and and even uh when it uh coming down to hunts it's uh if you if you're wanting to try something new with your spread just feel feel free to to get a hold of me yeah you got my phone on me all the time and and i would love to help absolutely and then is there a way they can get a hold of you if they want to book a hunt out in michigan or coastal wings with you or something like that yeah absolutely um so i have uh i got two separate instagram accounts i got one for for my guide service which i actually uh started up a couple weeks ago uh that's rain guided outdoors it's uh r-e-i uh r-e-i-g-n and uh guided outdoors and then also follow life bow um if you need to contact me uh, on one of my pages or even feel free to shoot me a text or a call at uh, on my phone at 269-330-5162. You can also find that number and uh, in my email right on both of uh, both of my pages. So Perfect. feel free to, to get a hold of me if, you, if uh, you guys need anything. Perfect. Well, thanks, brother. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, Chance, I, I appreciate you getting a hold of me and, and having me be a be a part of your your podcast yeah dude that was awesome good thing absolutely all right brother well you have a good one and uh let me know how you uh start out your season gonna have to talk some more absolutely dude yeah we'll we'll keep in touch and uh good luck uh good luck on on your season and we'll talk soon yeah if you're ever in minnesota just let me know and we'll get together absolutely dude absolutely I'll, i'll i'll definitely do that so and if you ever uh ever want to come out hunt michigan michigan we'll end up putting you on some birds absolutely brother all right thank you very much and you have a good one yep thank you you as well all right see ya yep bye and that wrapped things up for today ryan bowman what a beast and we had a lot of fun talking about waterfall and just talking about uh what it takes to start up your own and that's how it goes sometimes so i hope you guys have a good one